Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much bad. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, it it feels like uh, early fall in New England right now. It's like 75 and beautiful out every day. I, and I, I was gonna say early fall. It felt like early summer today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. It was it was gorgeous out. I took the kids on a bike ride after work. It was awesome. It was a nice day today. Nice. Perfect yep. weather to stay indoors and sling some cards. <laughs> now it is, yeah, because it got dark so fast. It was like 5 o'clock. We were beating the, beating the sun back home. So, yeah, it gets, uh, it gets dark pretty early here in New England, but uh, but we're loving it, man. How you been? I've been good. I've been yeah. good. Uh, you know, haven't played any paper cards, of course, but uh, just slinging, slinging some uh, Hogak still on Magic Online. <laughs> How's that been going for you? It's been good. I mean, the leagues are super fast. Like, I like a deck where I can play a single league in, like, two hours and just, like, <laughs> jam through a league real quick and then also, you know, keep a decent win rate where I can essentially go infinite with it. So, yep. yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, my new favorite deck or anything, but I'll uh, I'll keep kicking the wheels until I, uh, I as long as I keep winning with it. It would seem that it would be hard to usurp a uh, sneak and show from your cold dead hands, but maybe maybe Hogak will take take it to the crown. We'll see. Yeah, well, also my bank account's like no moss, no moss. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't foil out another legacy deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think you need to get all your your hands on copies of Eureka. That's a little that's a tough one too. Well, actually, I mean Hogak's probably pr- fairly cheap, uh, comparatively speaking. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, we have a great guest this week, but I just wanted to first uh, just shout out our newest patron, uh, Ben Bedeker. Uh, joined our Patreon this week, uh, so we really appreciate the support. If you guys want to support the show directly, obviously it's Patreon.com/slash/Leaving a Legacy. Uh, you can join the Discord there. We have uh, playmats and and other other rewards for patrons at different levels. So uh, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, check that out for sure. Uh, Jerry, why don't you go on and introduce our guests? We have a great one. We do. Uh, hot off a recent uh, Magic Online spot store sponsored hybrid event, uh, we have Jimmy Cooney with Dice City Games. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really excited because I've been a uh, you know occasional listener and longtime lurker in the Facebook group for Leaving a Legacy, and I love Legacy so. I'm doing well. I'm a little tired. We had a big event yesterday. Yeah, I bet you're tired. Uh, so I didn't get to enjoy that nice weather. I feel like I'm living in a twilight world. But, uh, uh, it's crazy. We started at like 11. Sun went down. We're still going at, you know, finished up yep. a little after 11. It was a nice 12-hour uh, cast. But if you missed it, um, what they're talking about, obviously, is that I partnered with Anurag Das, uh, one of my favorite legacy commentators, Yep. And the good folks at Team Lotus Box, um, who are really just kind of all format experts at this point. Uh, we put on what was the continuation of a series we had just started in paper before COVID called the Dice City Games Revised Legacy Open. And this series was meant to be 
Uh, and the reason it's called the Revised Open Series, it's kind of a mouthful. It was a little tip of the hat to Star City Games. You know, like any big group, someone will criticize them, but I think we all owe something to Star City for growing legacy, for putting on these huge open tournaments, and the mm -hmm. fact that they were open, not just invitational, which is a trend mm -hmm. yep. I'm seeing a lot of invitationals these days, um, I thought was really cool. So we said, you know, this is a decision we made last year when Star City scaled back legacy for the second time. We said, we are going to do our part to keep legacy alive in paper, we are gonna have large paper tournaments. We were only a two-year-old store at the time, uh, but we committed to doing it, and that uh, didn't take long. Within a couple months, this February, we had the first open. So this was different to do it on MTGO, but it was still exciting. Awesome. And so uh, this, so you're a, a Maryland-based store, correct? That is correct. We are in the, I don't know, some people think we're one of the hotbeds of legacy, I guess, Maryland and New England, or, you know, D.C., Baltimore, Mid-Atlantic and New England. Yeah, pretty, like, Mid-Atlantic, I feel basically from, like, D.C. up to uh, up to Boston is just For sure. a real legacy hotbed. So, yeah, definitely, definitely right in the midst of things there. Yeah, and we're lucky. So our... We have a store called Dream Wizards. They've been around forever, like 30 years. Um, they they focus a little more on Warhammer. They're not as always as engaged with the Magic community. But I grew up going there, uh, you know, and they're not far away. Um, but they kind of step back from huge tournaments and Eternal Magic. And then we've got MTG First, formerly owned by my friend uh, Jason Chet, now owned by Bernie McKino of Mooslu. Great store, also puts on good legacy. And then 40 minutes in the other direction, we've got the folks at the Legacy Pit who are putting on, uh, you know, more like little private invitationals and, and online content. But still, because of the old store that did the early Legacy tournaments in Dream Wizards, and then the for the past, I don't know, five or ten years of one of the leaders being MTG First, and now us in the Legacy Pit, you know, I think there's a comeback here. Um, oh, yeah. So. Definitely, definitely some good legacy going on. And yeah, Legacy Pits, uh, our, our good friends, Travis over there. Uh, yeah. lo love to see it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess the one of the biggest differences with this tournament is, so you, you usually do paper events, obviously. And yep. obviously with COVID, big paper events haven't really been possible. So this Open is an actual combination where you're hosting the tournament, but the tournament is being held on Magic Online, mm -hmm. yep, which is something a lot of people have talked about, a lot of stores have talked about, but we haven't really seen stores do it from other store owners I've talked to. They've cited just difficulties with the platform and making it work and organizing it correctly, and so that's, that's why they've shied away from it, and that's why we've seen more you know, camera-based paper uh, tournaments that stores mm -hmm. have put on. I think you're the first... Uh, uh, a to and you know brick and mortar store I've heard uh, that I've heard of that has successfully pulled off a Magic Online tournament and I I might be wrong there might be other stores out there so forgive me if anyone's listening and they were the yeah. first uh, but you are the first that I know of at least so can you can you just speak about that process a little bit Yeah thanks for asking um, you know one thing that's exciting here and at the same time. Uh, you know, terrifying, I guess, is uh, I'm working <laughs> with something new. I'm not an MTGO player myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I want to say something real quick. I, I'm big on paying uh, respects and giving credit where it's due. So I have a great team. 
Uh, our team is a little inactive right now because it was a lot of paper players, but our actual sponsored team, like Team Dice City Games as we call it, has Joel Sadowski, who I know, I've known Joel since he was a teenager, former US World Magic Cup player. Vince Ferralo, he's a GP champion, and he runs a great stream at uh, One Lemon, One Lime on Twitch. Uh, Dave Long, one of the legacy experts, and his brother Rob Long. Uh, Dave's basically guaranteed the top eight of tournament he plays in. I feel uh, Dave Long is uh, just part of like magic magic lore at this point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it know? took him a while because he came to the store. He's local. We're really lucky. You know, I guess he lives in D.C. maybe, but he comes across you know state lines to come into Silver Spring, we're a suburb of D.C. And he plays, and he and at first he was like, you know, we're new. He didn't want to throw his name behind us. But eventually he's like, Jimmy, you know what? I love what you guys are doing. I want to be a part of it. I'm game. You know, I'll, I'm down to do a sponsorship. Dave's not the most active on social media, but having him and his brother Rob, who's another low-key great player, who just doesn't play as much as Dave. Um, and then we have Millen Bayana. He was a great pickup. You might remember Millen is the young phenom. I think he was 13 years old. He won the Legacy MCQ oh, yeah. at Niagara. He's another local kid. I uh, remember that. Yeah, he was a good kid. I, I met him briefly at Niagara because I um that was the event I top eighted as well. So I remember uh, meeting him there. Nice. Yeah, he was uh yeah he's a cool good kid. Good yeah, kid. very bright. And he's a Stoneblade player, which is my deck. So yep. after my own heart. <laughs> uh, and finally, we have two more guys: Dylan uh, Dylan Gellis and uh, Max Schrantz. Uh And Dylan is great because he's another good at every format. He actually is the champion of the of the previous paper one we did. Um, and so Dylan, uh, I think, took it down last time. I want to say on Delver. I'll have to look into that and try to jog my memory. But my point is, we have all these players who are paper players, and we are paper players. You know, the Dice City store manager is a guy named Jesse Crowley. He uh, he has a legacy Star City Games Open top eight under his belt with Rug Delver. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Jesse's dabbled on MTGO. I sat down with Joel once, and we, like, did a vintage cube draft and that's literally my experience with mtgo i've watched it but i've never played it like i, I drafted a power you know holiday cube one time so going into this i'm a little terrified because i don't know mtgo that is you know it's a lot to do right now if you're a brick and mortar store you're trying to pay your bills keep your staff employed you know sell sell and buy magic cards mm -hmm. you don't know when magic's returning you know there's a weird vibe in the air it's at brick and mortars i'll be honest mm -hmm. and uh I thought, you know, I don't want to do MTG. I'm just going to focus on the store. Then Anurag reached out to me. And Anurag was also a top eighter from the first revised uh, Legacy Open, the one we did in winter. Uh, and he had had a really good time. He'd been featured on stream. We sat down. We even opened a pack of revised together. That was one of the themes, by the way. People were like, why is it the revised Legacy Open? It's an homage to previous open series like Star Cities, um, but it also was set to have uh, revised dual lands as all the prizes mm -hmm. and to get artists from the revised alpha, you know, era. So we had people like Ken Meyer Jr. and Brian Wackwitz, Drew Tucker. Uh, we had a bunch of people slated to come out this year. Uh, Jeff Menges, who did Source to Plowshares and Bizarre Baghdad. We had this serious tournament series we were lining up. It got cut short, but Anurag said, Jimmy, you know, I remember how good a TO you were. I loved working with you guys. I've got this invitational thing going on. Do you want to host it or sponsor it or something? You know, can I get you involved? And I said, you know, I'm afraid of MTGO. But I do trust you. I'm not really afraid, guys. Don't, don't worry. No, no. I like I like the narrative better if you're actually just actually afraid of the broker. <laughs> the machines are taking over my old cardboard. Uh, 
you know, but he's like, hey, why don't we work together on this? So originally this had its roots in this summer. He said, if I hit X amount of viewers and X amount of followers, uh, he had done an invitational, Anzi's invitational. You guys, did you cover that? You remember it? No. The uh, no, I Did yeah, we... I remember this. We we talked about it. Yeah, um, okay. It was it was part of yeah, but yes, no, yeah. I know Honor. I mean, Honorog has probably done more for legacy coverage in the last couple of years than anyone else in this community. You know, yes. like going to doing like bootleg reporting on the floor right, yeah. at GPs <laughs> yeah. when like wizards when refuse. Working. Yeah, wizards refuse to do covers. So Honorog is just like, all right, I'm gonna do it then, and he would just yeah. <laughs> you know live live tweeted and you know yeah. post post deck lists and yeah. you know crowdsource deck lists and metagames like Anurag does a lot for the community yes, exactly so when he reached out to me I was like doesn't matter if I don't know anything about MTGO let's do it it was going to be originally two things we had our fall revised legacy open plan we were getting ready to cancel we've been holding out that like we'll get to do this paper tournament you know things will the lockdown will stop wizards mm -hmm. will allow it you know but that didn't happen. While that's being planned, Anzi's reaching out to me, hey, I'm planning a second invitational. And I said, let's let's go beyond invitational, let's go big. Um, he was talking to Lotus Box, obviously he's involved with them. Uh, Zan Syed and I had a couple phone calls. And next thing we knew, we had a three-way partnership where instead of Anzi's invitational or Lotus Box leagues featuring Legacy or Dicities, you know, open series, we combine them all. Because sometimes when things are uncertain, you need to reach out to your allies and you need to team up. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah. we did. And it's Anzi Presents, Dice City Games, Revised Legacy Open, Fall Edition, powered by Lotus Box. It's probably the longest. <laughs> Well, so you guys I, are basically the Avengers of Legacy. I, I, can we? Can we? Can you also start a trophy where that is engraved on the trophy, <laughs> exactly. and just like a spiral text going around? Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, as a paper organizer, it is scary to get on MTGO. But I would say this: if you've got people you sponsor or local players who are involved, um, you can do it. We use the same mechanisms to spread the word: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we used the the kind of communities that all three of us has have built. Anzi has his own community of viewers. Lotus Box is very engaged uh, with both Twitch and Twitter. I'm a little more, I guess this is old school today. Uh, I'm more like Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, they're covering Twitch and Twitter. I'm covering Facebook and Instagram. And what we realized is, you know, if you're going to do a tournament, you've got two choices, right? Arena and MTGO. Now, Zan has a great mind for business and for growing Magic viewership. And I already knew I only wanted to do Legacy. So for me, it's just like, you know, maybe vintage in other formats down the line, but standard, historic, they mean nothing to me. No offense to their followers. I love standard. My only Star City top eights were in standard. So I shouldn't say they mean nothing to me. They mean something, but paving the way for them to be played online and watched and viewed online isn't what I need to do. That's already been done. So that what means nothing is trying to do that. Like, there's great people doing that. That's you know Channel Fireball, Wizards, all these people have got that covered. So we said, how do we do Legacy? Well, we've got to do MTGO, right? Because that's where you play Legacy, and we've got to get the right price point. We came up with 15. Now that was something I proposed. I believe Anurag and Zan had both only done $10 tournaments, like zero, five, ten dollar tournaments mm -hmm. before. So let's shout out MTG Melee for a second. You mentioned to me earlier that people have criticized them or been afraid of working with them as a client. Anything that's new needs to get hammered out. But when my, my Dice City Teams player, Vince, came to me and said, Jimmy, you've got to do tournaments on Melee. It's the future. I just kind of like, eh, I'll look into it. I looked into it. You know, I was mildly impressed, but I 
my heart was in the store in the paper. Then I kept watching. Melee grew. Melee grew. When we signed up to do this, I had to create a Melee account. So any, any other brick and mortar store owner listening, yes, you need a Melee account. You need an account for Stripe, which is their payment processor. Um, you need to be ready, I think, frankly, if you want to do it on Twitch, there's a lot more that goes into that. But it's possible, and even if you don't put it on Twitch, a lot of people playing are streamers. So they'll be streaming for you. So there's a way to build your brand here that most people don't realize. Um, once you got the pieces together, despite a couple bugs that happened with Melee, and I'll admit, even we faced bugs, I had Steve Port, who I believe is the founder or owner of MTG Melee, personally responding to my emails. So I do want to give them credit. They uh, they made sure it was smooth in the beginning when and, we were hammering it out. And wait, so is Melee the program that uh, like handles the pairings? Like what what is exactly? Melee? Yeah. So MTG Melee is basically a program, a client, whatever you want to call it, an application. It's a website. Uh, you don't have to download anything. It handles the pairings. Um, it does a really good job. So right now, today, if we talk about uh, you know some of the meat and potatoes of the tournament, I'm already looking at, even though we haven't processed our own metagame review, I'm looking at you know uh, the the breakdown of how many decks we had of archetypes, you know, and so basically they do a really good job. Players sign up. You do have to have an account to play with Melee, regardless of MTGO and regardless of a you know your own personal Wizards Play Network number. Um, so you do need to sign up. Everyone signs up. The host, the host has to sign up as an individual. So I, Jimmy Cooney, signed up. Then I created a Dice City Games LLC page. Then I had to get my judges and my Team Lotus Box guys logged in. So there's some homework you have to do here, but it's mm -hmm. free, you know. And and just elbow grease is what it's all about in this business. So put a little elbow grease in. You can make a page. Once people sign up. We decided they needed Discord since Discord was going to be so important for the stream. The stream was actually going to be run through Discord, Discord, right? Discord again, another great app. I'm sure everyone knows about it, but free way to talk to your players. And uh, Melee basically allowed us to organize the tournament and collect payment. And that's what a lot of people don't know. Wizards has and M MDG Melee have approved brick and mortar stores to collect payment via Melee. That's huge. Huge. I, I think that is that is really the biggest thing uh, that has held stores back. So that that's really cool. I didn't know that this program existed. That's uh, that's awesome that that tool's out there for uh, for stores to you know run something like this. And well, did uh, so when I looked because uh, we talked on Saturday and I saw that you had about sixty four people pre signed up when I looked. Uh, what was the what was the final count of uh, number of players? Great question. So we hit 92. Um, nice. There was, yeah. There was one or two snags. I think we, we ended up with 89 or 90. Um, and, you know, we had exactly 90 at the revised Legacy Open paper event in February. So if 90 is the number, uh, you know, it's not a bad start. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's pretty good. And um, honestly, I'm kicking myself. I, I wasn't able to play just because I had other things going on. But uh I definitely would like to know about these in the future because I mean this is definitely something I would set aside a weekend day to do. You know, I haven't haven't really had that experience to play in a in a larger tournament, and you know, Magic Online makes it easy. Uh, and yeah, it sounds like it's a it's a great experience. It is. You know, as long as you've got Magic Online, um, you I think you'd have a great time playing in any event Lotus Box does. But certainly, we are continuing this series, um, no matter what the, the Dice City Games uh, revised Legacy Open, which we might eventually just kind of shorten into Dice City Games Open, you know, that might just be like more sensible than throwing the word revised in there. <laughs> um, but, you know, eventually 
there's going to be paper tournaments. And, and you know, for those, we may partner again with, um, you know, um, our friends at Legacy Pit to stream them. Uh, we might do our own streaming eventually. But for this partnership, we are discussing already, this was a one-off, but when Anurag and Zan and I sat down, we said, you know, our intention here is to build something. So we haven't worked out all the details, but do expect to hear more about the Dice City Games Legacy Opens and about our partnership with Anurag and uh, Lotus Box coming forward. There will likely be another tournament. We're talking already about a holiday tournament, sort of a Christmas, New Year's type deal, um, sometime in between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, well, you also sent me here the top eight breakdown. So let's yes. talk about the, you know, what showed up a little bit. So first place with a perfect record in the Swiss, 7-0, Greg Dyer on Karn Echoes. Yep. Uh, second place, Mark Eric Vott with Bant Miracles. Third, Brendan McCarley with Blue Black Shadow. Uh, fourth, Curran Delhanity with Elves. Uh, fifth, Tariq Patel with Bug Control. Uh, John Ryan Hamilton in sixth with Death and Taxes. Uh, seventh, it was Marcus Thibodeau with Hogak. And eighth, Theodore Lockman with Dredge. That's a pretty diverse uh, top eight Very right there. Diverse. It Very is. Diverse. Yeah, so that's something I'm super stoked about. Um, when we went in Excuse me, when we went into this, we were thinking, we were actually placing our bets in the beginning, and we're expecting things like, you know, the narrative is, a lot of people think Rug is the best deck, uh, and that Delver would be coming out in full force. Now, there was, I guess, a little in the metagame, but by and large, this tournament, which is, you know, it's a little different than the leagues. Remember, there was MPL going on, there was Legacy going on other places, there were grinders. This was, I think, when you look at the names of who played, you know, people like Jarvis Yu, you know, the streamers, you know, Strifo, all the, the guys who are in the top eight, a lot of these names I remember from playing paper tournaments when I was really playing a lot of Legacy from, you know, 2011 to 2016. So this kind of is, is I think, similar to what might have come out in paper. And that's the beautiful thing about Legacy. You do get people playing the best decks, you get people playing the new decks, and you people you get people playing their old favorites. So you what you guys haven't seen yet, let me give you the metagame meta breakdown and then I'll return to the top eight, okay? Sure. Okay, so the number one deck we had 10 Death and Taxes, followed by seven Four-Colored Snowco, five Elves, de five elf elves decks, uh, we had five Rug Delver decks, then we had four uh, Hogak Bug decks, three Dredge, three Doomsday, three uh, Blue-Red Delver, three Omnitel, I could go on. Um, you know, some Control decks, Maverick, uh, you know, Painter, lots of neat decks. But the metagame had a lot of death and taxes. And I think people saw that coming, maybe. But Yeah, that's that's not surprising coming off of Eternal Weekend. Because, yeah. Uh, it did very well in Eternal Weekend. Exactly. And it's got new tools. So I think that made sense. You know, Skyclave, all this stuff. But, yep. you know, Elves, I got to say, um, Elves has been really strong recently. Uh, it, it did really well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Curran Delahanty had his deck uh, in the top eight. Um, Elves has just got so many new new tools. Anything that says, you know, can't be countered as a blue player pisses me off. So uh, I think that that was strong. But um, the final uh, breakdown here and the, and the winning decks, 
Um, I think the finals, actually, we should look at. They were between the Bant Miracles deck and the Karn Echoes deck. The Karn Echoes deck is insane. Do you guys know much about this deck? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've played against it a few times, and it's uh, it's one of those ge- decks where it's like, all right, I need, a, I need to beat you quick, otherwise I am just going to get buried. <laughs> yeah. And what's so cool about it to me, right? And I haven't played it. I haven't piloted it. I haven't even watched it enough, so I was kind of learning it as the day went on. Um, you've basically got like a Chalice Stompy deck. And at the same time, I remember throwing down Sea Drakes eight years ago. Instead, your Haymakers are these insane Planeswalkers, right? Right. And and then creatures like Urza and Emery. So, you know, the deck is like, it's like a, it's a Chalice Stompy deck and it's a big blue deck with Time Twister. So that's just insane magic. It's very vintage-esque to me, you know, playing baubles and cheap fast mana and then dropping a Time Twister or like... Well, that's that's what I a love. Is it reminds me so much of back in the day of just uh, Wheel of Fortuneing on te- turn one, like yeah. go black black lotus Wheel of Fortune. It's just like ruin your opponent's exactly. day, and Karn can do that too. You know, just uh, LED into uh, Echo, and all of a sudden you're forcing your opponent to draw seven, and maybe it's just a terrible seven that they have to keep now. Yep. <laughs> it's it uh, yeah definitely I, what you, uh, what you mentioned. It does feel uh, like this old old school style deck. Yeah, we had a play like that where the guy also had an Urza in play, so he was able to tap. He was able to, uh, I think he could get a blue mana out of the LED before he needed to use it, and just just like wild stuff where, uh, you know, this deck has so much. It's not my favorite decks, right? They have high power, but they also have high synergy. That's obvious, but this deck is like, uh, it's just got so much of that going on. Um, Every so many of the spells cost zero or one mana. When you do when you do land the big spells, because you have the soul lands and the fast mana, they're easy to cast. Um, and this is something I've long thought that is misunderstood in the magic community. I think we're in a new era where time twisters finally getting more respect. But I'll say this: I played Magic in '93, '94, um, and I play the old school format. If you guys don't know that about me, I'm a big old school TO. Um, I love Time Twister, right? And Time Twister was like the Fallen from Grace Power Nine, I'd say a decade ago, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, it was always the it was the redheaded stepchild yeah. of the of the Power Nine. Family. And people are like, yeah, this isn't really Power Nine. But if you pay attention to Vintage, not only does it still show up in competitive Vintage, obviously in combo decks, any basically any combo deck. Occasionally, it shows up, you know, in Oath decks, you know, in other decks besides combo. Um, it's also insane in old school, 93, 94. In that format, Force of Will doesn't exist yet. People are so used to Mental Misstep, Force of Will, these really effective, you know, and the other forces that exist now, Force of Negation and stuff. They're so used to getting this awesome disruption that something like Time Twister that gives both players new hands, both players, you know, uh, a shuffle effect, people see it as what it is, which is symmetrical. But in vintage, in old school, and now with a deck like this in Legacy, you break that symmetry, and that's the power of Time Twister. And we're seeing it here in a way that we haven't seen a draw seven, uh, I don't know, ever do in Legacy? Can, can you guys correct me if I'm wrong on that? Is this like, do we well, finally have a Time Twister really affecting Legacy? Yeah, if I mean, the only other draw seven is uh, is our big daddy Grizzlebrand. There's been a few. Sure, right? yeah. like the, they, <laughs> yeah. What is it like... Um, uh, there's been a few wheel effects in, yeah. in like in Legacy, but they, like uh, there was a blue one. Days Undoing is the one you're thinking yes, of, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, and, but we couldn't break the parity, right? So right. this is it. Yeah. I mean, and so I think 
I, you know, some people are looking at this deck, I don't want to say like a glass cannon, but like it doesn't have legs. Who knows? But this deck, Greg Dyer, credit to him, I mean, he's obviously a great player. Uh, he killed it all day with the deck. And yeah, uh, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a glass cannon because the deck can also just like pump out Karn tokens and be this like mono blue stompy deck when it's exactly. not comboing off. Yep. So, yeah, I don't mean to call it a glass cannon. I'm just saying for people looking at it yeah. oh, in yeah. that lens, no, this thing is uh, it's awesome. So I'm a little biased here. Remember, blue player loves Time Twister. Uh, <laughs> Seeing Urza's bobble like really be relevant is also just great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. You guys want to talk about the Bant Miracles deck for a second? Yeah, yeah. What was the Bant Miracles? So what what was the big addition that Green brought uh, brought to the deck? You no, know, I mean there's been a lot, but I'll say this: that you know it's so obvious that like Oko and Uro are just mm-hmm. powerhouses, right? And it's so right. easy to cast all these spells. You know, you've got Astrolabe, you've got perfect duels, perfect fetches. Um, but what I really like and what people are, he played one, I saw other lists that played two, the Sylvan Library. Uh, we've always known Sylvan strong. Yep. We've always seen it in Legacy. Uh, the Carpet of Flowers, you know, uh, and of course the sideboard cards. But what I wanna say is the life gain that these new cards have brought to the format. It's so annoying. Yeah. Oh my god! Like that, I've been playing with uh, Hogak, and I just get into these stupid uh, stalemates because I'll get them super low, and yep. then they just start doing Uros and gaining the life back, and then mm-hmm. Uros and uh, Hogaks just stare at each other. <laughs> it turns yeah. into draw go. It's just so brutal and miserable. Yeah, Marcus uh, Thibault, Thibault, I, I think it's Thibault. Uh, anyways, he you know, he did strong with Hogak, and we saw that. We would see things like that where the Uro would stabilize. But the second thing I want to say about it is it's not just the insane stabilization they create on their own, right? Like, Uro's like a, a package in itself, you know? But they make Sylvan better. And when you're a control deck, Zam was talking about this on camera all day, it doesn't matter really that first 10 life is just free, you know? You don't, we know this, we all know this, but some people might, not that old adage of like, you know, it doesn't matter if you win by with one life, you know, or 20 life, you just need yeah. to win. And right. uh, Sylvan is just like so good when you've got this life game. Um, and I think that's that's something that's easy to forget. You know, we've got yeah, Oro, we've got extra the, cards. Exactly. Uh, carpet we know is strong. I don't want to say too much about it. But another thing I thought was an all-star this weekend was Wilt. Uh, have you guys Wilt. cast a lot of Wilt? Is that a new card? Yeah, it's from Akoria. It's an, it's basically okay. disenchant with cycling. Okay. Oh yes, green. yeah. We talked about that last week, I believe, right, Pat? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's from Akoria. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Wilt was all over the place. Um, you know, really? yeah. I and and like, I mean, just disenchant with cycling is legit. You're a control deck. You want to draw a card. You've got extra mana, or you want to blow up an artifact or an enchantment. Um, so I think. Just to say that the obvious things are the ones I mentioned, Oko and Uro got added, you know? But yep, yep. the unobvious things maybe are how good Sylvan got and, you know, Wilt being better than Disenchant or Wear Tear or, you know, the other options. Yeah, that is that is really good insight. It's it's interesting that Wilt's seeing a lot of play, you know, definitely seems like it's uh at least sideboard stock that everyone should have in there. You know, every magic player has that binder or that hundred count box of just like sideboard playable <laughs> cards that lives in their backpack for when they want to audible right before an event. Yeah. <laughs> so, so add some, add some add wilts to that box. <laughs> so many times I got, got like going to a vintage tournament and I'd be like, 
damn it, I need another mental misstep or you know something like that. So bring your wilts because uh, you're going to end up playing them sooner or later. Yep. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any other kind of standouts from the top eight in, uh, in your mind? Um, well, you know, one thing we, I guess, should talk about here, um, you know, because Death and Taxes was a big part of the uh, meta and because John Ryan Hamilton's a great player, uh, we could look at his deck for a second. Um, so he, you know, I think he was our highest placing Death and Taxes. He top aided. Um, yeah. You know, the deck has four swords and two paths. Um, it's got the Aether Vials, Jitte, Batter School, both Fire and Ice and Feast and Famine. Oh, is he running the Urion list? Yes, he is. Exactly. Yeah, so he's running the 80 card Death and Taxes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it's really interesting to see you know, like, I mean, just how, I mean, Skyclave Apparition is just very strong, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been other things like it before, but I think it's a big deal. Um, he's got Sanctum Prelates in the main, Walking Ballista. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good white creatures. 80 cards doesn't stop that from being true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in, in some ways, I almost feel relieved. Like, I I like, I'm the type of person who likes adding these other cards that are fun cards and then you're always forced to shave them down to get to 60 so part of me almost feels like i would be totally okay if wizards came out and said you know what hey all decks new minimum is a minimum of 80 cards <laughs> yeah that'd be great maybe we should make that a thing uh-oh live from the podcast 80 card legacy <laughs> ultra pro and all the other like deck box makers would shit a brick <laughs> all their inventory is now useless all these 60 card deck boxes <laughs> yeah so that was a good one um and then you guys will see this if you watch the stream i want to encourage everyone who didn't check it out to check it out it's up on it's up on team lotus box on twitch uh we'll put it in the show notes and we are going to be uh editing videos and putting at least the top eight if not the whole tournament on youtube so stay tuned awesome um but i did a deck tech with the uh new oops all spells deck uh yeah, and we've that been seeing fun. that pop up. The new the new lands that got the spell lands that got printed have been a big benefit to those that deck. Exactly. So especially since their spells, um, the deck's mana base is now just super consistent. Um, it's easy to go off. And if you look at Thassa's Oracle versus what was it, Angel of Glory's Rise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and uh, you had to have like a human or something. I forget what it was, but like. Yeah, basically, it's like you reanimated it, and if you had humans, you win the game. I forget what it is, but yeah, it just it was, wasn't a, it wasn't a very efficient win. Yeah, condition. it was like two humans you needed. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, and so this is like very fast, great mana. I mean, it's got everything: pedal, ritual. You know, um, you can find wild cantor. Uh, you know, there's just it's got disruption that's really good. I mean, it's running. Um, Act of negation because you're trying to win that turn, and then you have this super compact win con in Thassa's Oracle. So that was another cool card. We saw a lot of these. You know, I could talk about Hogak too, but Hogak was strong. Um, the the mono blue uh, Chalice decks with Echo of Aeons were strong, um, and then like I said earlier, Elves was strong. So it was a great meta. It was so so. I don't know. I'm really excited. Like just watching this, it's not the legacy from. Five years ago, and as much as I missed that, uh, this wasn't like you know, Bug versus Blue Red Delver versus you know, Esper Stoneblade versus Snowco. Like it could have been so much more like quote fair blue decks. Um, 
and I love those decks, but I was very pleased. It was a diverse meta, and, and uh, I think the top eight really reflected that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, you know, uh, of course, there's going to be blue uh, in any top eight, but, you know, not a very heavy concentration. You know, Dredge doesn't have blue. Uh, was the Hogak the green black or the uh, the bug version? Uh, well, I think we saw both, but it was bug, I think, that was a little more dominant. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, Dredge, Hogak, Death and Taxes, and Elves, uh, non-blue decks making up, and then uh, Karn Echoes, even though it's a mono-blue deck, I feel doesn't really fit into the idea of when people complain about blue, they're complaining about a certain aspects of blue, which I feel the Karn Echoes deck doesn't necessarily represent just being a, a fast combo deck that just happens to be blue. Exactly. Yeah, it's not your. It's not a. It's not really a brainstorm deck, so it's a different. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. It's yeah, not a four ponder, four brainstorm, four force of will, Xerox style. Have you talked about your Hogak deck much on this cast? A little bit. I mean, I don't have any innovations to the deck. I've I've been I've been a filthy net decker with Hogak, <laughs> just looking for uh, you know something to play to change it up. Um, so I I use uh, Mana Traders, which is. Uh, pretty nice because it basically just lets me play any deck i want in magic online you know that's the nice thing about magic online is uh just how quickly you can change decks on the at the drop of a hat mm. oh okay so looking up marcus's list yeah that's right he was playing a lot of careful studies i remember that so he was playing the bug he version the yeah. bug version gotcha yeah. and uh you know there's a powerful cantrip we already know that you know from reanimator and and stuff oh, but yeah. Yeah, I I got to see all this so often. It was like, and he was very good at playing as careful studies. He would, you know, they were very important to the deck, so he had to be very careful around counter magic and stuff. Um, But, you know, I think that deck's pretty powerful. Um, Stitcher Supplier is insane, right? It's like a, sometimes it's it's like the deck's ancestral recall, you know? Yeah, the the number of times that you can just win the game off a single Stitcher Supplier is really surprising. <laughs> like, I think Stitch, like, I know person a person has played against Hogak before when they, like, force of will the Stitcher Supplier, no question. They're just yeah. like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, all in all, like, that top eight was, was great, and uh, we will be doing more, and you'll be seeing more on both uh, Team Lotus Box. They'll be posting on um, Twitter especially. Uh, and if you guys haven't, you know, follow Dice City Games. We're on Facebook as Dice City Games and then we're at Dice City Games DC on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. So soon we will make sure that these, these deck lists get up. And our great judge, I want to shout out Ryan Freeberger. He's one of the best paper legacy judges. I think this is his first MTG Melee tournament. Uh, Ryan did a great job. There's not as many judge calls, but he was... Uh, he was really doing his part. <laughs> that, that is that is true. I feel uh, judges for a Magic Online event kind of feel like lifeguards yeah. at the uh, the Olympic swimming competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, he made sure everyone was registered. He pulled up lists. He did a lot of behind the scenes things. So uh, still and still important stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Shout out to him. Uh, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, of course, I'm sure you know when things get back to normal and we could have paper events again you're you're gonna have some more uh paper tournaments absolutely um you know 
it's very hard not being able to have things in the store. We, we do sort of, they're like local clubs that have formed that play uh, periodically in the area. We're trying to give them some love. Um, and, you know, people are still buying magic cards. I'm very thankful for that. Um, I am hopeful for the future. Um, I think that it will be different. You know, everyone responds to both the virus and the lockdowns related to it differently in terms mm -hmm. of like how comfortable they are, how they want to come out. Uh, one cool thing about our store is we have hardwood tables um, and we use all kinds of disinfectants on the tables and chairs right now just for the people who are playing casual RPGs or snagging a game of EDH every once in a while or whatever. But you know, I think that stores can respond. And if I wanted to get this mantra out there, uh, not only should you be trying out MTG Melee, a lot of people are doing tournaments in Discord. Um, and supporting the sort of arena scene. But, you know, something we could do regarding in-store tournaments, uh, you know, obviously you ask people to wear masks, you put a hand sanding on every table. We actually have a guideline on every table. Yeah, I noticed that. So before we started the episode, you gave us kind of a, uh, a camera tour of the store. That's something I noticed that, like, not only just every table, it's like between, like, every set of seats you have hand sanitizer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so tables are spaced out. We can't cram as many tables in before. You know, we have people who come in and they'll, like, they'll build their deck and they want to be around us. You know, our store has coffee and fair trade chocolate and we have music playing and this, we have these uh, really cool Edison bulbs that are actually LED, but they produce this amber light. Our walls are like a gallery. You've never been to I Dice know. City. Yeah. You got, you yeah, got a you lot should, of, you uh, gave us a little bit of a tour uh, in the pre-show and it, it, the store is impressive. Like you said, not a ton of square footage, but you got a lot in that store. Thank you. Yeah, and so there's a vibe here, and that's really important to me. Yeah. And so what I was saying is, like, people will want to hang out with us. Our staff is knowledgeable. We all play Legacy, uh, EDH, CEDH. We all play old school. Everyone has played Standard or Modern or something at some point. Um, so people want to sit down. They want to build a deck. And what we've decided to keep things going, to keep Magic as strong as we can, because we do other things. We do board games, RPGs, and retro video games. But we put out hand sanity. We put out guidelines. Everyone wears masks. We've spaced the tables out. We have an air, like a nighttime air disinfectant. We disinfect tables, counters, chairs, door handles. For browsing binders, first I was like, oh no, no more binders. No, we just put hand sanity right next to the binders. Use hand sanity, then you're allowed to browse a binder. That covers any concerns I think 99% of people would have. And finally, when paper comes back, I came up with something we were testing with our staff. How do you do a draft if you're worried about proximity or touch? Well, two things. One, you can do Rochester style drafts. They take a little longer, but you as the TO, with your hand sanity right next to you. You put out the pack, you lay down each card, and you draft face up. It's a cool drafting environment, and it is possible to do contactless drafting. That's what we discovered. You just lay the cards face up on the table. So it worked in our testing. You know, it's different doing it with a large crowd or a big FNM. I know that, you know, but I want to say that I have hope there. I hope if Wizards, Hipsters of the Coast, anyone who can bend an ear is listening, I think people can bring safely back, you know, paper magic, with just the precautions that mm -hmm. are easy, contactless drafting, and TO saying, hey, if you play a spell, play it facing your opponent so they can read it. That simple act in a new draft format, so someone sees what your new card from Zendikar Rising does, it goes so far. And I think that's how we'll get back to it, you know? In addition to whatever, you know, uh, the big wigs come up with and whatever, 
you know, uh, we might get in terms of, uh, you know, medical solutions mm -hmm. and, you know, vaccines, we can take initiative here to uh, keep our players safe. I mean, even without COVID, it's not it's not a bad recommendation to increase the hygienic quality of uh, <laughs> of a lot of magic stores. Because, I mean, even before COVID, I mean, when I went to Pro Tour Barcelona, I got one of the worst flus of my life. And I 100 percent guarantee you I got it <laughs> at the event because one of my opponents that day was sniffling and uh. we, we cut each other's deck. And then, yeah. like, we shook hands afterwards and eat like I knew what I was doing. Like, as I extended the handshake, I'm like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Yeah. And even though I like I immediately went to the bathroom and like washed my hands with soap and water, I still got a terrible flu. <laughs> and like, yeah, it just magic is a very personal thing where you're trading, uh, you know, a lot of hard surfaces that you're touching with with other people. It's easy to spread germs, yeah. you know, regardless of COVID. So it is just kind of good practices to have in general. Yeah, I think if Wizard sends out guidelines to stores, just guidelines, you know, not everything has to be draconian. Stores will follow them. They mm -hmm. want to. They want their players back. You know, I, I'm speaking as a TO and a store owner, but I'm a community member. I'm a magic player, you know. I want my players safe. We're like a family, you know. So there's no, if stores want to hold events when Wizard says they can, they're not being greedy. I'd like to get that notion out of the community. They're trying to serve the community. People are getting together at their houses. This is funny. We had an EDH group who, you know, casually wanted to play in the store. They ended up playing in their house. The guy came back to me and said, you know, kind of whispering like, Jimmy, I don't want to say this because my friends are around, but I felt safer playing casual EDH in your store than I do in my own house. People immediately take off their masks. They start touching everything. They go back <laughs> to their old ways, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. so, you know, it doesn't have to be unsafe. Um, one last thing I want to say, too. I don't know if this is our place to say on this Legacy podcast, but I want to shout out the um, paper communities who are using webcams, starting with Old School Magic. I'm a big yep. part of old school. I want to give credit to the people doing old school paper tournaments. They're doing it all over the world. I played in one called LobsterCom mm -hmm. uh, last month, put on by the New uh, England yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, I almost top eight it. I got knocked out of my win and in, but I finished twelfth, uh, I think, tenth, twelfth, <laughs> with uh, my homebrew Merfolk deck, which I love. Um, but that tournament was great, and what I saw there and in other events is people will present their deck. They'll shuffle it good. You're watching them. You know, it's always, there's always, who knows, you know. But yep. they shuffle their deck, and then they separate it into three piles, mm -hmm. and they say, you choose top, middle, bottom. We could do that in Legacy. We could do that in stores. Yeah. You do that sure. certainly at FNM. You could have a judge cut at a higher level thing, and the judge could use hand sandy. They could have it in their pocket. We can get back to big events. I'm a big yep. proponent of that. So maybe yeah. my opinion is controversial. I say it fully respectfully to everyone. We're all looking out for each other. But, you know, I think sooner or later we do it. We're not, like, never coming back to paper magic. Right. So uh, let's start thinking about how we can do it safely. Yeah, I, uh, I I completely agree. As this has gone on longer and longer, and the survival rates have gotten better and better, and yep. treatments have gotten better and better, um, and, like you know, like the, the, the ubiquity of people wearing masks uh, in public has gotten more and more, you know, it's easier and easier to enforce. People are more and more on board with it. I, I, I completely agree with you that there are some excellent stores in our area that I, I worry that if we don't get back to, you know, patronizing them in the, in the proper way, then, then they, we, they might not be here when there is a, when there is a vaccine. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's not, it's not throwing caution to the wind and saying, yo, you know, YOLO, let's just play games. It's like, no, like, there are steps you can take to mitigate risk and uh and you know if people are still averse to that risk they can choose not to play in the tournaments but 
Um, yeah, there is a there is a limit, I think, as to you know how how much you can restrict people's ability to to be uh you know be a, a citizen with with personal uh, personal choice. And uh, so yeah, I I completely agree with that. And I love the fact that you you know that you're that you have those uh, taking those precautions into mind and, and 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 making sure that there's a place for people to play in your area, man. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, and obviously, to be clear, we're not doing any kind of sanction, organized, mm. whatever events. We're just readily waiting. But, you know, we've had private little parties mm-hmm. of four people book the store to play D&D or, or Warhammer Fantasy role play or have a board game meetup, and that, those have gone well. Yeah. So magic can go well, too, yep. you know? Yep, um, I agree. So... Uh, yeah. Um, do you guys have any more questions? Because I'm I love talking, it's but I don't know how long the yeah. cast is. <laughs> One thing that, that we, we I did I I wanted to ask this question earlier, but we kind of moved on to the tournament itself. But it was very interesting to me that a that a to that obviously you make your money as a business in the paper game that you went and embraced a, a Magic Online tournament. Now was that like obviously that is not self serving, you know, in any respect because you you know no one's in your store buying singles. You're not selling pizza. During the you know during the fifth round and you know they're yeah. not making a ton of money or any maybe any money this I really don't know so what was sort of the impetus for you to do something like this because listen Jerry and I have have been part of our fair share of tournaments uh, streaming them and all and whatnot and it is like a lot of work it so is a, much work. it is a it is a labor <laughs> of love and obviously Jerry and I have our reasons to do it and I'm just curious kind of what was your reason to go and you know you've you've ha- held the paper opens. And then you went with this Magic Online version in a time where that's kind of what's what's asked of us. So, what was the, what was the the kind of like the the reasoning? But like, how could you say in your own mind like this is worth this is worth the squeeze? Like the juice is worth the squeeze on this. Great question. And you know, I'm a transparent guy, and I'm a hard on the sleeve kind of guy. So I'll say some things uh, that you know I don't think my partners would mind me saying. But uh, you know, first off, Anurag and Zan volunteered their personal time. And that's not just the cast. That's preparation for the cast, spreading the word. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Honorak's got a day job. Eddie was very involved in the Eternal Weekend events that had gone on just before this. Uh, and obviously, Zan has a lot going on his plate. He streams a lot. You know, he's committed to this, though. He really believes in growing magic and growing viewership. And he believes in taking magic and Twitch to a level where it's respected alongside other games. I mm-hmm. mean, to be blunt, Magic isn't on the level of what I see as I respect everyone who plays these games, but like, to me, as a non-player of them, lesser games, you know? We're not the most popular game. We're not the most understood game. We're not the most watched game, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And one point he made was like, Legacy is kind of like Smash Bros. Melee. Now, I, I love Nintendo. A big thing we do is retro video games. Melee, you guys might remember, came out in 2001. You guys ever played Smash? Oh, yeah. Love oh, yeah. Smash. yeah. So, you know, I still play Smash. Okay. <laughs> so what's your favorite Smash? Uh, so Melee is the GameCube one, right? Yep, the GameCube. Yeah, so that one. So Melee 64 was good, but it's not refined. And like melee, melee GameCube, I think is like pinnacle, pinnacle yeah, melee. <laughs> exactly. So, so if you're looking at the different smashes, yeah, there's Brawl, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's so many. Like, there's the current one. You know, Switch is great. Like all these great ones. I mean, I thought every one was good. Some people have to detract. They detract, like you said, 64 was unrefined. You know, Wii, Wii U, Switch. They're all good. They all have different audiences. But people go back to melee. 
It's hard to believe the game will be 20 years old next year. Wow. The graphics are insane. Yeah, I was at, uh, uh, I think it was PAX last year before Corona hit, uh-huh. and they were having a melee tournament at PAX. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're playing on these, like, game games, and they had, like, hundreds of people in an in-person GameCube melee right. tournament. <laughs> and so Zan's point to me today when we talked on the phone, he was like, hey, Jimmy, think about Legacy as being, like, melee. Like, no offense to everything. It's kind of the best. You kind of know it. It's got, like, <laughs> like, it's around for 20, 30 years. You know, this format is going to stick around. And the thing is, the viewership of Magic, not even just Legacy, Magic Online, right? Magic through Twitch isn't even remotely near Smash Bros. Melee right now. Mm-hmm. And that's one Smash. And that's just Smash. And then there's all these other games. So here's what I'll say. I. I like to share that enthusiasm because you're asking me, Pat, you're saying, why did you do it? Mm-hmm. I did it as an experiment. I did it to partner with two really enthusiastic people. I did it because the whole Lotus Box team is good. Uh, I haven't gotten to mention Edgar and Abe, our other commentators. They were very informative. They're competitive players. They're fun. Um, you know, the Dice City Games team is great. The store manager, Jesse Crowley, produced a lot of the graphics. He always supports me, and he runs our TCG store most days. Uh, you know, working from home, then he works in the store, he works a lot. So we had this great team. The team deserved us to try it. But the part where I said I'm being transparent, look at the prize pool real quick. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a 1K. We made it uh, 1,200. We added an extra. We wanted, I wanted to pay out the top 16. Mm-hmm. I just think you deserve more if you spend that many hours playing. Um, so we paid out 1,200 in cash prizes that we'll be sending out. You know, there's always a delay getting money through PayPal and processing yeah. and everything. But we got 1,200 going out in cash prizes of PayPal. Then we had people like Tom Hep, Anurag, other people added ticks. So we ended up 100% matching in MTGO ticks Very on top of cash prizes. Then I love paper, and this was the fall open. So I put in an antiquities double signed by Kaya and Phil Foglio. Mishra's Factory. Now, a lot of people don't know that. That's the rare one. Mm-hmm. It was reprinted in fourth, but that's the same rarity as winter. So it's one of the more valuable Mishra's Factories. We threw that in. We paid our judge, our production team. So everyone but me, Anurag, and Zan got paid. As the sponsor, the main sponsor, I put up the money. You know, they put up the sweat equity. And, you know, we're making sure the team gets paid. But, yeah, we're going in the hole over $1,000, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be honest with you guys. So I can't recommend that to small stores that don't have that in their marketing budget. But if I think of this in part as my marketing budget, you know, $1,000 is justifiable for right. something big. So, and we're going to get videos out of it. I'm honored to be on this podcast. You know, I had Dave Long text me today and be like, Jimmy, man, I couldn't play, but thank you so much for doing it. And that means something. Totally. To get a guy who's put, you know, sweat into legacy, text me and be like, hey, thank you. Thank you for doing this. That means something. Yeah. So, you know, how do we make it profitable? That's the next step. And I don't know if it's cheaper tournaments that more people play in with lower prizes. That doesn't feel like an, what I want to, you know? Right, right. Or it's just more enthusiasm, more awareness, you know? Or is it a higher, like, could we have charged 20 and the same 100 people would have come out? You know, well, 100 more people is that $1,000, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm sorry, $10 more for 100 people is the 1000 right. that were really in the hole. So, you know, could it have worked at 25? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We are, like you kind of pointed out, this group of people that I am honored to be involved with, we are trailblazing a little here. We are figuring out how does a brick and mortar do a tournament online through Melee with big prizes. Right. The math isn't perfect yet, but we're going to work until we get there, you know, hopefully. Well, that's that's awesome. And listen, um, you know, for the next one that you're doing, please don't hesitate to, 
use the Facebook page and promote that. We love the, the, the Leaving Legacy Facebook page is a great place to promote tournaments and podcasts and and just any kind of content. So please don't hesitate to and, and let us know, too, because Jerry, mm-hmm. I know Jerry would be more than happy to do it. And so would I to, to promote it on the next, the, you know, the next event that you guys yeah. have. And uh, even even if For we can, sure. even if I have time to, to set aside and participate in it, I would also love to do that, too. So. Uh, we're, we're, thank you. you know, and, and I commend you for, you know, for really kind of like stepping into something that's not in your comfort zone and running this, you know, magic online tournament, I think is, is great, man. It's a great way to kind of, uh, you know, deal with, uh, the hand that we've been dealt, so to speak, you know, so it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I think you guys being inviting like that, that means so much. I was thinking about this the other day. I run a group for anyone interested in old school. You're welcome to join. It's called North American old school. We got about a thousand members. There's a bigger group that's kind of an international European group also worth checking out called Old School Magic for Life. The Swedish group, which is simply called 9394. But, you know, we and the New England guys, I mean, we're like an umbrella, right? We're like the biggest in the States, you know, along with them. And we want to spread that old school format. Legacy doesn't have, I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Is there is there a big legacy page other than you guys? I, I don't I think you guys I, are if there is one, I don't know of one, honestly. Yeah. You might as well be North American Legacy, right? Like that's what this. It's a little scary, but yeah, it it did kind of (laughs) just. It just kind of de facto became that way. Just everyone kind of gathered at uh at the page. I mean, we we've always been about about promoting other content creators, and that's been kind of a sort you know sort of built into us from from day one, Jerry. Right? Like we've always been like, hey, if if our, our we have good friends who have who run the Dead Format podcast, and like the first thing we told them was put it on the page because there are like, you know, 2000 some odd people that are going to see that as soon as you put that on there. And that's an instant audience for you. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 I think it's important, man. Like legacy is a, it's a close knit tight community. And if we're not here to support each other, I mean, what are we doing? You know, what, why, why are we doing this? If we're not here to bring each other up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll build off of that with one other thing. And this is something that I wasn't able to take advantage of because the way dice city set up, but someone else could who deals online, um, we ran the whole stream during breaks. Uh, a shout out to um, you know Cardboard Live, Mana Traders. You know they made this whole thing smoother. Uh, but also Dice City Games TCG store. So we're uh, you can find us on TCG or tcg.dicecity.games if you just type that into your uh, web browser. Um, it's just a just a sh- you know a little short link to get to our TCG store. But um, I didn't figure out a way to like put a promo, give a discount, whatever. You're watching Channel Fireball, Star City Games. They've always got that like use code, you mm-hmm. know, Fireball or whatever, like uh, to get you know five, ten, fifteen percent off. We didn't have that, and so it's hard for me to gauge if some of the TCG traffic we got on Sunday was from people watching. But what I can say is if you're a store that has a proprietary website, we don't. We're a brick and mortar. You can call us, you can email us, you can Facebook us, and we'll say, oh yeah, we've got, I mean, this is true, we've got Black Lotus, Dual Lands, we've got it all in stock. For legacy players listening, feel free to reach out. But since we didn't have a store, we really just relied on people like choosing to click on it to support us. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're saying in a sense. It's like legacy players, you know, you want to see this. there are great legacy TOs, I mean, who have stores. Tales of Adventure, Michael Caffrey, you know, Moose Loot, Bernie McKino, myself, Dice City Games. You see us. And we're often very reasonably placed on TCG, especially card Titan, well, you know. That, 
that's how I actually found out about you uh, yep. before we ever spoke is, you know, I've definitely uh, like when you said you ran Dice City Games, like, oh, I've definitely ordered from you on TCG. <laughs> Same. Before. Yeah, like, 100%. I have definitely definitely seen that name on on some envelopes. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we were at GPs and everything before that all shut down, at least local you know, ones in our yeah. area. So uh, but that's a big difference. People don't you know, like I, I'm the type of guy I go on TCG. I always want to pay the lowest. But you know, if I see Black Magic Gaming, Card Titan, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like these great, you know, legacy friendly stores, you gotta, like, dude, spend the extra 50 cents mm-hmm. or a buck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Put that money in a legacy TO's hand, yep. especially right now. So yep. that's how I would say, you know, if you wanna support us or support any of these stores, just, you know, the best vote is with the wallet, right? Awesome. Exactly. I love it. Awesome. I think that's a good place to kind of wrap yeah. up. What do you say? Yeah, Pat? that's that. That's a nice little bow. Let's get let's get into scoops, Jerry. Scoops. So every, every week, Jim, we uh, we do scoops in the top eight. Uh, if people want to, you know, it's it's kind of a good way to to shout out people in the community or I don't know something that you really like. Whatever you, we scoop into the top eight. So Jerry, why don't you lead us off and tell us so you're scooping in the top eight this week? This week, I am going to scoop in. I don't know. I don't got anything. Wow. I always, you always make me go first and I, then I go blank. <laughs> I got nothing. Jerry failed <laughs> his nothing. improv class. I failed my improv bad, class. Bad move, Jerry. <laughs> I did actually try out for the, the college improv troupe in, uh, in college bad and they rejected me. So thanks for <laughs> reopening that I wound. Mean, they're supposed to yes. And you. So, I mean, actually they failed the test. <laughs> They they failed. They failed. <laughs> uh, James, how about you? Since Jerry did such a poor job of leading us off, <clears throat> maybe oh, you can rescue man. us here. Uh, All right. That's tough, but I'll do it. Um, I'm going to make this one Ryan Freeberger. Do you guys know him? I, I've definitely heard the name. I don't know if I've ever actually okay. spoke with him directly, but I know of him. Yeah, so he's an L2. Um, he's local to Maryland. Um, he travels you know, for GPs all the time in normal times. I know there are a lot of people who can competently judge legacy, but he's a guy who plays it every week. Before this, he played in our store. Right now, he, you know, he'll be on the legacy pit. Um, you know, I'm just gonna give it to Ryan Freeberger. Time for that man to get some love. You've definitely, if you played in an old school or sorry, a legacy tournament on the East Coast in this era, the past decade, Ryan Freeberger probably made a judge call, and he probably made the right one. So uh, let's give him credit. He helped me set up this whole thing. Uh, you know, on the back end physically he helped me with my setup because my uh, I wasn't really ready. We just made our Dice City Twitch for this thing, um, you know, to kind of, I was hosting the uh, the Lotus Box Twitch. So, Ryan Freeberg is the first scoop. I got more. Awesome. Yeah, let's get All right. let's get we'll, 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 get, we'll give you a two first since Jerry fucked his up. <laughs> Yeah, you can use my you can use my <laughs> scoop. I'll 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 gift my scoop to you. <laughs> oh man, how many you guys have done Honorog so many times that uh, <laughs> Honorog gets a lot of scoops. Yeah. It's true. Let's let's give this one to Zan. Um, Zan, Star City Player of the Year, uh, multi-format all-star, looks at legacy with new eyes, captain of Team Lotus Box, and um, you know. In the very first talks when I had, it was just me and Honorog. It's like, yeah, we've got the like gumption to do this thing. Honorog was like, cool, I'll help you build the bones. You know what I mean? We'll make this happen. Um, if you're not watching Lotus Box, they they are and will be doing enough legacy. We'll be helping with that where we can. And uh, you know, Zan Syed is uh, he was a great commentator all day long. It was like I was like, this is how I see myself. I'm like Flavor Flav or something. I'm like a hype man, <laughs> color commentator, old school legacy enthusiast. You know, 
regretting not seeing a Merfolk deck. <laughs> uh, and nice. then Anurag is uh, just like the perfect combination of knowledgeable and excited. And then Zan was like, you know, he was a very like thoughtful, stoic commentator who, you know, is fun. But uh, he's like grounded, you know, he's keeping us real. He's keeping us like aware of just like, he's putting that competitive magic lens that Legacy deserves that a lot of its fans want. He's making sure that's there. You know, if I had my way, we'd be playing old, we'd be like, <laughs> you know, I love the community elements of things like Commander and Old School. So we'd be doing signed card pools for Legacy and like <laughs> favorite play and like best budget deck. I do think there's eventually space for those things in Legacy. But Zan kept it clean, he kept it professional, and he made sure we were uh, giving Legacy its due as a competitive format. Nice. So awesome. Well, that's great. Um, all right. Well, give us a scoop. I want one. No, no, no. One of you guys has to give a scoop too. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna scoop in our buddy Tom Hep because I heard you mention him yes. uh, donating tickets for the event. And Tom is like one of the coolest guys I've gotten a chance to uh, to get to know in the in the community. Uh, he's been on the podcast a ton of times. I've I've done work with him in the past, and uh, he replaced my monitor when it when it got smashed coming back from one of the LAL opens. So. Tom is just one of the good guys in Magic, and uh, I just love seeing him out there supporting other stores and just supporting the game. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm going to scoop him in a top eight. He'll probably never hear this, but that's okay. It's, it's the thought that counts. Okay. Awesome. All right, well, um, James, if someone wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Obviously, you're, you're lurking on the Facebook page, so they might be able to hunt you <laughs> down there, but yeah. where else can they find you or, or your store? Awesome. So here's what I'll say. Check us out on Facebook. We have a URL, it's dicecity.games. Eventually that'll direct to our proper webpage, which has long been in development. Right now that hits you to Facebook. Um, and then at Dice City Games DC on Instagram, on Twitter, and now on Twitch. And tcg.dicecity.games. Uh, support the store that way. And if you're looking for bigger cards, most of our big, big cards, you know, things like Dual Lands, Power 9, Old School Oddities, all that. That is in the store. So pay a visit. You're ever in Washington, D.C. We're actually on the subway or metro line, as it's called here. And uh, we, we've we got a great in-store selection that we can mail to you. So give us a buzz. We'll take some photos. We'll send it to you kind of the old-fashioned way. But happy to work with people that way awesome. as well. Well, they, thanks again for coming on this, man. It was great It was great to talk to you. And uh, and we wish you best. Uh, you know, wish you the best in the upcoming uh, – well, I'm sure we have, still have a challenging few months ahead of us. But – Wish you the best with that, and I'm excited to see what you guys do next for uh, for your next tournament. For sure. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for more Legacy from Dice City Games. Awesome. I love it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us this week. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll have all the contact info in the show notes and uh, links to links to the to Dice City Games and all that stuff as well. And, uh, Jerry, is there anything else you want to hit us out with before we get out of here? No, that's it. Uh, we're gonna can we can we finally do start raffles, Pat? Yeah. I'm I'm itching to give yes, away yes. some some charity yes, raffles. Yes, well, we're gonna we're gonna settle that in the group this week, and then I think Friday, maybe Friday, we'll start the first raffle. It's Friday, the first raffle. All right. So when you when people listen to this, uh, check the Facebook page, see what we got up first. Yep, it'll be awesome. We're we're gonna we're this year we're uh, we're donating all the proceeds to Room to Grow. It's a charity uh, built out of Boston that uh, helps you know families in need. So yeah, families with kids and stuff. So uh, we we partnered with them a couple years ago. It was really successful, and we're uh, we're looking to run it back again this year. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. We'll be doing raffles on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, and that's I think that's it, right, Jerry? Hey, hey, can I throw in something? I'm gonna donate a, uh, a Dice City Games uh, playmat to that prize pool. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 
Sounds yeah. good. We've got yeah, for we've sure. got a few left from the revised uh, Legacy Open, the first one in this winter. It's a really cool art we had commissioned by Ken Meyer Jr., who you guys might remember did uh, Kurt A, the Guardian yeah. Beast, yeah. a lot of those. He's a yeah. big one. So this is a it's a uh, it's it's uh, Arabian Nights snowball fight is what he titled it. Um, <laughs> so we'll send that out. And uh, Room to Grow is great. The old school group has uh, in New England has benefited them. I've indirectly donated oh, them super a couple cool. times. So. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, we, we appreciate that. That's great. Thank you, James. Yeah, that, and that's a that's a sweet playmat. So yeah, Ken yeah. Myers has designed it specifically for the playmat. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Super cool. All right. Well, that's it. I guess that's it, Jerry. We'll catch you all next week. Hell yeah. See everyone <laughs> next week. Come on.